This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Now at 6.30, the backlash is growing tonight against Starbucks after two black men were arrested for trespassing as they waited for their friend to arrive at this store in Philadelphia. That company is now being accused of racial profiling by many people across the country. Well, the end of the uh, story with these uh, young African-American men in the Starbucks and the things that transpired there uh, has sparked our thinking uh, just to talk about uh, today uh, things that have to do with uh, the racial tensions we see in our, our country and our culture and and uh, stories like this grab a lot of attention and create a lot of thinking and so we thought we would just discuss today just some ways to think about uh, how we are made in the image of God and how to think about one another and really boil down to the bigger picture we always try to put in front of people, and that's love God, love neighbor, and frame that in this context. So um wanted to just kind of think through that. And, and for me, the, the thinking begins with while the world and, uh, and the news articles are going to call this an issue of race, I shy away from that word, and I know other Christians and pastors that use that word and uh, the word race, um, but I tend to shy away from that uh, and try to think about from a creation standpoint, God created man and woman and from them an entire race of people. And so there's a race, not multiple races. Is that a decent way to think about it or is that what we see in Scripture? What What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that for sure, especially because we see Adam and Eve and then of course, we see the differences of culture come out of the Tower of Babel. Mm. It's really clear in Scripture that we're from one race, Adam yeah. and Eve, that he created in the beginning, yeah. made in the image of God. Yeah, and I think that's what it really is the heartbeat of that is um, we're made in the image of God and that he made this race of people and all people because they're made in the image of God, bear the same value. And I think that's what we need to be thinking about if we're going to deal with people in, an, in a way of ethnic diversity and how do, how do we as, as humans interact with one another? How does the church uh, help maybe work toward and solve some of the issues of the racism issue that we see so much in the news and, and in the world? But... Um, you're talking about the Tower of Babel, and, and here's where the the cultures get divided, and that came out of fallenness, not not out of design. Like God designed it differently, uh, and out of fallenness had to push us in a new direction. And it's interesting because then when you see in the New Testament, he brings us back together. Yeah. You know, there's no Jew. Yeah. there There's no Greek. And... And so you're able to recognize that we're all one in Christ. And so for the Christian, we're all one body walking hand in hand. 
and we're acting in the world like we're not at times, which is a little confusing because Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Mm -hmm. And so if we're in the church treating each other poorly and we're in the world treating other people poorly, then we're definitely not fulfilling that idea of loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah. And as you think about the church, uh, it's been said by multiple people that uh, probably Martin Luther King Jr. is the, is the impetus of the statement, but the most segregated hour uh, in America is during church hour, uh, 11 o'clock Sunday morning was what he was referring to specifically. And of course, not everybody has church at 11, so I don't know if that, <laughs> that you know, it so right. works that way now, but it's still the same idea that... Uh, very often we're holing up into, and not just with ethnic diversity. Sometimes a church can a church can have cross ethnicities in it and still uh, be separating itself from other parts of the culture or world. And so, just being cautious that everyone's made in God's image, and and I think we struggle with that because that means if if I'm going to view you as made in the image of God, just like I'm made in the image of God. At some level, I've got to fight pride, and I've got to prefer you. And neither one of those things work in hum- in my yeah. in my built-in human nature. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's why I think that a lot of times this particular issue is so prevalent all around us. And I, I try to encourage my students: look in the mirror first. Mm. Where where are you individually? in the way that you're viewing humanity because one person can make a difference and we can see that i mean cory ten boom hitler one person can make a difference of the way that you treat people Uh, here cory ten boom wanted to save children from uh, temple prostitution and hitler wanted to kill a race and sometimes we put those Mm. at such a distance that we don't recognize that here in America, in our home, in our churches, in our community, we are perpetuating an idea. Yeah. And what is the idea that we are influencing people in? Are we, are we looking at people and saying, oh my goodness, they're different than me, and I don't really know how to relate to that, and pushing them away at an arm length? Or are we looking and going, okay, they're made in the image of God. How am I supposed to treat humanity? And that's good. And the the challenge in treating humanity the way we ought is the failure of not yeah. loving neighbor as ourself. What you pointed out earlier, we, we love ourselves really well. We just don't love them as well. And at the heart of that becomes idolatry. Yeah. We're, we're idolizing self or we're idolizing uh, our world, our our little kingdom, and I think that's what happens in these issues, like we're talking about, that spark so much controversy in our culture over the differences of ethnicities. Um, we begin to develop kingdoms. You're fighting for your kingdom. We're fighting for our kingdom, and now we're at odds with one another because you've got goals and we've got goals, and your goals are going to take over our goals. And, versus going wait it's individuals it's not groups and so i think you've got to work at breaking down stereotypes you got to work at not looking at the group as a whole but i just want to meet a person 
and I want to talk to you, and I want to get to know you. And um, we've worked at, within our church, just kind of a discipleship picture uh, and the idea of, of neighboring with people. Get to know their name. Who is this person? And then from their name, like, what do they like to do? Where did they come from? What are they studying in school? Or what is their job? Those personal things that you would just have, you wouldn't know if you didn't talk to them. But then that ultimate goal of what's their hopes and dreams? Like, what do they dream of? What do they hope for? And I think when you get to that level, it doesn't matter if you're talking to somebody that's from our country or Mm -hmm. from another country or live in another country even. And it sure doesn't matter what their skin tone is. Right. Everybody ultimately has really similar hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want my family safe. I, I want to survive. Like I, I want income that lets me survive. I don't even have to be richer than you necessarily. At the end of the day, it's enough to take care of my needs and, and my family, whoever you define family as. And and helps me accomplish my goals of saving money or going on this trip or, you know, whatever it is. But everybody begins to have the same hopes and dreams. And deep down at a spiritual level, especially, like, I I don't know what eternity means. I don't know what happens after this life, but I want peace. I don't Mm -hmm. want pain. I don't want suffering. I want something good for me and my family once this life ends. Those are similar hopes and dreams, and it doesn't matter what you look like yeah, or how much money you have. Those things are the same. Yeah, that is so right. And when you think about it, the things that are happening in our culture, what people are wanting is those simplistic things, but they're wanting to do it in their own way, Mm -hmm. in their own fashion, in their own form. And so unless Christ is in our life helping us deny ourselves Mm -hmm. and treat people with respect and having a reference point of truth then it everything is off balance and so i think that that's where it makes it challenging to go into a culture of people that you're unfamiliar with well they might have the same similar ideas about life in mind i want to take care of my family and all those things Mm -hmm. but the way that they get to that destination can look very very different and so we conflict with how we're supposed to get there and how what is it that we need to do to cultivate peace and work together and i think that you see this in scripture played out i think you see it with esther you know Mm -hmm. she she's in an unfamiliar area as far as it's a persian empire right the jews have just been liberated but they haven't been given back their nation and so all these people are around around them that have treated them unkindly so what do you do with that and then daniel i mean here he is he goes off into into exile what about after the early church and the dispersion yeah. I mean, there you you find this idea where people are in these places where they're in contact with with things that are unlike them. Yeah. So how do we framework that and love God and love our neighbors ourselves 
and function in society with them yeah. without having that superiority yeah. complex. Yeah, and there's the there's the problem, right? The root of the problem. Uh, you do see it in the New Testament because you have Jew and Gentile both coming to Christ and in the same churches together and they're having conflict. So much of the New Testament letters are written with that undertone behind it um, that there's Jewish believers and there's Gentile believers and they're doing exactly what you described. They're both trying to get to the same goal. Make God supreme and worship and follow Him but we're going to get there different ways. I'm Jewish so I'm going to do my rites and my religions and my, my festivals and I've got to maintain those so that I can please God. And therefore, you need to be doing this too, or you can't really be pleasing God. And from a Gentile perspective, I had rites and religions and festivals, and they worshipped a pagan God. And I've done away with those things. I don't want to have anything to do with those kinds of things. I don't, I don't sacrifice animals and eat that meat, and I don't, because that was pagan. So they're trying to free from some of the same things that they're trying to press on, and they're in this huge conflict, and they're just wanting the other to do it our way. And Paul, John, Peter, whoever's writing that particular letter, is trying to go, wait a minute, the common denominator is Christ, and He's freed you from your legalistic rules, and He's given you some standards to live by. Mm-hmm. Now just prefer and love one another and realize that there is no meat sacrifice to idols, and there's no ritual that can make God be happy with you. And so, you know, yeah. He's like trying to do away with both things and encourage both things at the same time like don't let your conscience hate either one just focus on Christ and and that's what he keeps pressing the unity is Jesus not your thing and it's easier to be unified to the people like you mhm and i think that that's interesting that you say the unity is Jesus because what about when we're out with the unbeliever and we and we take on these ideas of superiority and I, I I think that that is is a good thought because here's the thing is there still can be unifying ideas and that is that when we love God with all our heart mind and soul we want to love our neighbors ourselves and a yeah. lot of times even if the neighbor is an unbeliever and has a display of life that is like an unbeliever, mm-hmm. yeah. you want to treat them with respect too. Because here, here's the thing: even if they say, even if they're in a in a culture that says, um, I, "I believe something that's totally against the Bible," mm-hmm. say, let's just give the example of uh, of uh, same sex marriage. Okay. Even if they have that same idea. Even within their community, if they don't want to treat the Christian with respect, they still want to treat their community with respect. That's right. yeah. So how can you make those common conversations to say, where do you you know, where do you think that comes from that you wanna yeah. have that respect? Where do you think that, that morality of idea comes from that you want to value humanity? Or yeah. you know, you brought to me this idea that you've been concerned about this person in the hospital. Where yeah. does that come from? Yeah. And so you may not be unified in Christ, but Christ yeah. has put on their heart the moral law. Yeah. And so you can try to bring in that conversation in a loving, caring way, showing them, yeah, I do care about humanity. Yeah, that's good because there's a common denominator even with the unbeliever in that. 
if God's written his law on all of our hearts, we at least have that in common. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good reminder and a good word. And just trying to build those bridges and to help see, that helps you see the other person still in the image of God. And that's what we're talking about and viewing them as someone made in God's image. His image is in there, even though everything in the outside may be a disgust and a turnoff. And for some people, those moral decisions, that's their big hang-up. For others, it really is skin tone and, and the way that they thought or trained or the stereotypes that have been attached to a particular cultural group. Uh, and they carry those stereotypes to that group and, or, or individual even, and then they, they don't see the connection. You know, wait, no, inside, go past the exterior. There is the image of God in this person, and there is something that connects you to them. Uh, and then with believers, you already have Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so you have, you have the greatest connection. Uh, the image of God is being remade in both of you, and you're growing in sanctification. And so you have this really deep connection. So fighting pride, fighting superiority, mm-hmm. loving neighbor, as self. Uh, that's what I would want to leave people with in thinking about, man, we see these things going on in the news. We see the tension and the divides. But can we, and I'm not thinking at a social level, political level, whatever, just can I be an answer to this in the people that I know and see? Can I work toward relationships that would express the love of Christ? Well, that's our hope. Uh, in our conversation. Maybe that'll get you thinking and give you the opportunity to love some of your neighbors as yourself. Hope you're in a Bible-believing church this weekend, and God bless you.